1: Hello, oh, one and all, and welcome to Total Italian Football Podcast Match Day 34. We've done loads. We just rattled off two in a week because we're prolific now. We're just barreling towards the end of the season. I'm Ian Burns, joined by Kev Wojewski. How are you?
0: I'm good. You you tried your best to make yourself sound energised, and then failed miserably <laughs> for your attempts to sound energised. So by contrast, yeah. no, by comparison, I feel. You know, I feel like I am quite energised, yeah.
1: It's these late night recordings. We have no choice because of calendars. That's just the way it has to be. Don't worry, I, I did enjoy the football, generally speaking. Uh, Vito's here as well. How are you?
2: Hey, Burnsy, I'm alright. Feeling a bit cold, but again, asterisk, Australian standard, so I'm trying to soldier on. But oddly enough, the warm, weather will warm up by the end of the week. So there you go.
1: What chilly temperature are you down to there now?
2: Uh, I think we've had a few mornings when we've gone down to about 4 or 6 degrees. So that's cold for me.
0: I'll accept that as chilly. Yeah, Yeah, I'll accept that as chilly.
1: that is cold. I was was waiting for you to say, like, oh, it's been down as far as... (laughs) 12, Which is summer, yeah. (laughs) Um, This weekend is a bit of an odd one in the sense that I wouldn't say there was... That there wasn't any game that was, wow, that was a thrilling game or anything, but it, it it's, it's regardless a very important weekend, especially the top four and also very much the bottom. Um, a lot has changed for quite a lot of teams. Some may feel that this weekend was the terminal one. Um, we've only had seven games because we're recording on Sunday night and there's three games on the Monday night, but they are largely inconsequential in terms of who's playing and what they can fight for. Um, started off with Milan 2, Lazio 0. is a massive win. And likewise, Roma 0, into 2. So one city very much reigns supreme over another there on Saturday. And in the evening, Cremonese 2, Spezia 0, which is very big at the bottom, more so for Spezia. Um, it could be for Cremonese. They're, they're not as, as completely dead as we perhaps thought. Like they've, they, they're going to be left wondering why they couldn't have done this a bit sooner. Um, Atalanta 0, Juve 2. Again, very big in the context of the top four. We had the six teams fighting for three spots, all played each other this weekend. Torino 1, Monza 1, which is that's just a case of trying to get as high as you can in, in that little mid-pack. Napoli 1, Fiorentina 0. On the pitch irrelevant, it was just a massive party again. Brilliant. And Lecce 0, Verona 1, which again... Very big at the bottom, especially for Verona. Um, we're going to begin with, going to start with Milan Lazio actually, just because number one, it was the first one, and also, I didn't really see this coming. Yeah, you know, Lazio had a sort of mini wobble because so they they lost to Torino, didn't they, and then then lost to Inter, um, but. One of you will have to remind me, they then beat somebody, did they not? Or oh, am I getting mixed up and they lost three on the trot? Oh, I'm <laughs> struggling to <laughs> well, see, remember. This, this, this blur of games that we've had has just blown everything. Yeah, they, they beat us well in the um, midweek. Oh, yes, of course. Cool. So then you think, okay, they, they should be <clears throat> kind of fine. Their second place is, is theirs to lose. Um, you know, I mean, I've got the Champions League to think about. They have been struggling very badly in the league again, um, the early side, but they were 2-0 up inside half an hour. Um, One of the goals, a little bit scrappy. The other one was a brilliant goal from uh, Teo Hernandez. And suddenly Lazio, thanks to other results, are not second anymore, and they are right deep in it. Um, Peter, do they need to be... As concerned as some of their fans may be at this stage.
2: I do think uh, Lazio should watch the backs in this particular scenario because uh, you also need to consider that uh, the Champions League semi final between the two Milanese clubs might have a bit of an impact because if, assuming, you know, whoever loses that. If they're out of the Champions League spots, they'll have those league fixtures to contend with and they they might be able to get a couple of wins to secure their position. So uh, ultimately, not just Lazio, but those clubs involved in the Champions League battle, so that includes the big three of Italy, I think they all got to remain consistent in the remaining four rounds or so. To make sure that they earn those Champions League places, otherwise they just got to deal with uh, Europa League spots.
1: Kev, how, how important for Milan was it to not go into the first leg against Inter with another disappointing result? Because I think they they drawn four of the last five. I think it was coming into this game, um, or you know possibly three from the four, whichever way around it was. Um, either way, bad. And if they'd they'd lost here, suddenly they're they're looking like outsiders for the top four and then you've got to sort of pick yourselves up for the Champions League. Would they have been likely to be able to do that?
0: Yeah, see, I um, I saw the game as more important for the Champions League rather than the Champions League race. Um, We're probably going to say that multiple times this evening. Largely (laughs) because who Milan have got to play. I think with them having Inter on Wednesday night, it was important they didn't sort of Drop points again, just for, for a little bit of morale, and they kind of reacted. You know, well, they, they took no time at all, really, to react to Liao being forced off because that was the that was the major change Pioli sort of made and took a little bit of a risk on because you're leaving your 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 star player out. Although there are obviously some other notable names in the Milan starting eleven, you sort of you'd be leaving him out. Um, so they, they couldn't do any of that. They had to go full strength, and then suddenly they were kind of kind of forced into this slightly weaker side with him. Him going off with the groin injury, but me, Milan have got Milan have got Spezia, Verona, and Sampdoria still to play, um, as well as Juventus. You know that's that's the that's a difficult game because they go to Turin in the Champions League race. So they could, they could have sort of viewed those 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 three games against the the well sides that are now in the bottom three based on uh, this weekend's uh, results as. Oh, sorry. Actually, Verona jumped out, didn't they? It's Cremonense that's uh, still in there. But anyway, you know, there's there's nine points for them there, really. So they could have they could have put a weaker side out, hoping to sort of keep players fresh for Inter. But because they'd had such a such a pure poor runner of results, same, they, they really needed this. And you know, the way they sort of dominated, because I didn't expect them to to dominate Lazio as they as they did at the the weekend. Even if they were, I wouldn't say they were fortunate. like You did about the first goal. I think that came from a sort of an excellent piece of pressing from Benasere. He sort of got just rewards for closing down the closing down the defender and sort of getting an excellent um layoff from Giroud to, to put them ahead. But it's it's gonna you know it's it's gonna be ideal really for going into that game on Wednesday.
1: You mentioned one player there, which is the reason why it's not all glee for Milan fans after this game, which is Leao, because it was only about ten minutes in um he went off With what is supposedly a abductor strain, remind me what that is, Nick. Is that your hip?
0: Uh, No, your abductor is almost the top of your thigh. So it's it. I popped my abductor ugly. It goes sort of from the well. I suppose it does. It goes from the top of your hip down to your knee. So that sort of big muscle on the on the top of your thigh. I sort of tore my once, and it's quite yeah. It's quite painful, and I was out of action for probably five or six weeks. The fact that he's described it as um feeling feeling some discomfort as opposed to anything tearing or whatever, then you then you hope that they've picked it up too, you know, the quick enough. And I think one I think the medical team said it was sort of fatigue. So I, I suppose that's just that it's, yeah, it's it's been under a lot of strain. He's had to do a lot of carrying of Milan this season. Um him and Giroud, probably. Um I just I don't know if they'd risk it because there's a second leg. It'll be interesting to see what they do on Wednesday night because do you I suppose if you are going to risk it, you start him rather than, you know, maybe try and bring him on for the last half hour, and then he does more damage because they were, you know, they're chasing the game. Um, I think the first leg of a Champions League tie, even when it isn't two sides from the same the same city, the same country, is going to be quite quite nervy and quite cagey. So it's probably the probably time they can get away with not playing him. You know, they've not got a deficit to recover from a first leg, but it'll be interesting what Pioli chooses to do. Unless that's taken out of his yeah. hands because of the injury, we, we, you know, he was trying to allay fears that it wasn't that, you know, that serious. But I don't think any Milan fan is going to believe that until they see the teams announced or see him sort of trot out for the warm up on Wednesday night at San Siro.
1: Yeah, it certainly sounds like one that, you know, it's not going to be known what the situation is pretty much until an hour before. Before the lineup gets announced or whatever, because they're, they're going to be leaving it as late as they possibly can. But if, if it is a fatigue thing, then you know my my extremely limited, I go as far as to say non-existent medical knowledge um, would make me think why why would that sort of be fixed in three days? It, you know, it, surely he's going to not start that game. Yeah,
0: and the problem with this injury, from sort of personal experience, is you can walk on it. And you can probably do a, you know, you can do light jogging on it without it really. But, you know, I I came back too quickly from mine. As soon as you start to sprint and you think of how explosive sort of Liao's game is, that's when you can sort of, you can tear it because you, you don't, you know, obviously I didn't have the, you know, the medical screening and scans and everything that they will be able to see the extent of what the strain is and what the fatigue is on the muscle injury. But if you go in overconfident of how small that injury is and then suddenly he, you know, goes to burst off past Damian. Sorry, I started laughing, thinking he's not going to need to be too explosive to burst past Damian. But whoever he goes to, you know, Dumfries, you know, you, imagine, you can imagine him and Dumfries in a foot race and and then suddenly, you know, you know, I'm just thinking of it as a, as a if you're a Milan fan, you suddenly saw him pull up and hobble, and that's you know that's not only their Champions League hopes. That's probably we're we'll say we're talking about five to six weeks if you have a serious abductor injury. If he does do that, worse you know, worse than what it is at the moment, that's his season over. And if Milan were to scrape through a Champions League final um, without him, that's his he's not going to be back for that because we've got sort of five weeks until that uh, comes around.
1: Yeah, and uh they're simply, it's not even necessarily a criticism of their squad to say that there is no replacement for Liam. You, you know, there, there are certain players in every team that there isn't a replacement that is even near the level. And that is one, because, you know, who would you put there? Rebic. Rebic can only play a few games at a time.
0: Well, Salamakers came on for him, and that is by, you know, no means like for like, is it?
1: No, he doesn't want to be on the left either, Salamakas, So it's you know, it's botched whoever goes there in his place. Um, just very quickly, Vito, if if he does, say he misses the hole of the first leg, how much does that change Milan's game plan as far as you're concerned in that first leg?
2: If we look at how Milan have played in the Champions League this season, especially in those knockout games, they've played a more cautious way. So I think... Um, Liao, with his speed and his flair, have made a difference whenever they launch counterattacks. I think uh, in this tie, or at least in this first leg, uh, Pioli will make the team a lot more conservative already on top of that. And then going forward on the counterattack, that's going to be even tougher because you got to hope that whichever Rebic turns up actually comes good. And then I think creative-wise, you know, Uh, that puts pressure on uh, Diaz to sort of create something out of nothing. And uh, the thing with Milan is, if it's not Leal doing something, they need the others to step up. But offensively, they haven't looked overly consistent. It's like everyone's had their patch. So uh, in some ways, you feel that as long as they can try and hold out, defensively, they'll be fine. But going forward, it's like they might need a set piece to get the goal, because it seems that from open play, they're going to have a lot of difficulty.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, Heading to Rome, just briefly, there's only one one element of this game that I really want to talk about, because Inter are going to get a lot of airtime over the next week, Uh, anyway, or the Champions League. Um, Looking at the fixtures and the way that Roma have been performing with players out and stuff, obviously uh, I think it's was Wijnaldum this morning are fully out of this Debalo and Abraham were on the bench um, El Shirawi's season is over It, you know, it's all kind of fallen apart exactly at the wrong time um, fitness wise forever but then I look at their fixtures obviously they've got two Europa League semi-final games against Bayer Leverkusen to deal with their next Serie A game is away at Bologna which you don't want to do then they've got Salernitana, who who can do a job against anyone on their day. They pr- have proved that quite a few times. Then they're away at Fiorentina. You don't really want to do that. And then they're home to Spezia on the final day. A Spezia team that will probably well will almost certainly be in need of a complete three points. Is is it Europa League or bus time for, for Roma? I
0: think it was I think it was already Europa League or bus time because of the um the result they had the other week where they scored an injury time. They taken three points from Milan, but gone. They, they let that they let that slip. But I was thinking about this earlier. So they're on fifty eight points. They you know same as Atalanta. Atalanta have got now that they they've had Juve out of the way this weekend, although they didn't get anything from it. They've got a decent run of games. But if you compare it to what I was just saying about Milan playing three of the bottom four, I think I'd prefer Roma's running because while you don't want to go away to bologna and fiorentina have had a good season and salernitana are you know they probably want a few more points to to secure their safety but you know they're going to play that game at the olimpico i think that's probably an easier easier set of games than having to face three of the bottom four because they're not going to be sort of fighting out and i think by the time they they play spezia at home on the last weekend i think spezia will either be safe or be be down so I think I think there's there's enough, there's enough there to give Roma fans hope that they will still be in the the top four chase towards the, the the end of the season. But with their their injury troubles, they probably have to put all of their eggs in the Europa League basket, just because of the prestige of winning another trophy on the back of the Conference League last season, and that it brings uh, automatic qualification to the Champions League. So, winning three games um obviously including the final, uh, is probably an easier ask than winning your four serie A games and having to depend on those other sides above you slipping up.
1: Yeah, it does look quite bleak. Um I will just quickly say into that they into were deserved winners and they've hit very good Patch of form, right? You're kind of the opposite to remember they've hit a very good patch of form just when you need it. Does this
0: mean they get the DigiBits money? It sound, it felt like this was a DigiBits derby. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets the DigiBits money. Whoever, whoever won gets whatever's left in the DigiBit account. <laughs> and that, that, that's it. That's that, that was a DigiBit
1: derby win. <laughs> I think they've already both received what's left in the DigiBits account, which is nothing. I just myself <laughs> <a> swearing then. <didn't? laughs> 0 I'm not sure you can imagine what I was going to say. <laughs> Zero all. Um, uh, we're going to go to Bergamo because Atalanta nil, Juve 2 Vito, you covered this for total telling um, We'll talk about Vlavic in a second, um, but Samuel, Samuel Illing Jr. is who you picked out as you know a, a focus from this game. He grabbed the first goal, which was the most important one. How much did he impress you?
2: I was uh, very impressed with him. I saw bits and pieces of him when he made cameos in previous games, and I thought that there was a player there that Juve could utilise, and uh, given his his speed, his direct running, and he's actually got some decent technical ability, I thought if there was a way to utilise him, he could uh, make an impact off the bench or whatnot. Allegri decided to start him in this game and give Philip Kostic a rest and uh, he certainly took his chances. I thought he really, you know, impressed against David Zappacosta on the opposing flank for Atalanta and uh, he got the goal to break the deadlock so I think uh, overall it was a great league debut for him And, and I think that even though Kostic, he's a fantastic crosser got valuable experience I think uh, Illing Junior um, if he's given a few minutes off the bench or with uh, the remaining European fixtures coming up maybe Illing Junior can be integrated a little bit more.
0: Do, uh, I'm asking this question because I'd expect Vito to know this but do we know who Illing Senior is because yeah, we've got this Illing Junior and I I can't I can't tell you that I know who Illing Senior is and it's probably maybe it's beyond me but it it feels like it feels like they are going to be a sort of a you know a previous professional footballer for them to take in the junior tag yeah it's a bit unusual not
2: only that I've noticed that his surname's hyphenated so it's like um no, um, Illing hyphen Junior. So that's a even more unusual spelling. So okay. maybe one of his parents is Junior, and the other parents. Ah, Illing. okay. So
0: it's not a, uh, it's not one of those, uh, dad and son. Yeah, it's under tradition. Ah, uh, okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much.
1: <laughs> I can't find anything on the reliable source that is Wikipedia mm. to suggest that. Well, basically, I can't find any parental names, no, uh, and I feel like if one was a footballer, it would probably be the. Mm. So unlucky, you may have been onto something, but it appears that you weren't. <laughs> well, there you go,
0: some uh, some research, trust do
1: yeah. Well, I, I think I might have just done it, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm,
0: unless he, unless it sort of fades off into obscurity after sort of just scoring this goal and then you know, ending up, I don't know, lower, lower echelons of Serie A next season on loan, who knows? <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, so it was that goal was remind me when that goal was Vito, it was About fifty fifth, something like that. Yeah, yeah, second, second half. Goal, yeah. Wasn't it? yeah in, Sorry, I'm
0: very point. much not Vito.
1: Um and I don't know, but I I, I just about got there <laughs> under my own steam. Um and then Aslanta were pretty much on top for the whole rest of the game. It, it was a it was a sit in and get what you can job for you though from that point on. Um, you look at the, the back three that Juve started the game with, it was Alexandra, Rugani and Danilo. Now, Danilo's been very good this season. Alexandra hasn't, and Rugani hasn't played a lot and is generally derided by most people. Um, that's a back three that Atalanta would have expected to score a goal against. And I'm not entirely sure how they didn't, because at times, Vito, it just seemed that surely the goal was about to come. Why Why, why did it not?
2: <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's quite surprising that they didn't because in previous games, they had uh, players like Zappa Costa and even Martin Roon scoring goals. So even if Poland in the previous games and then with Zapata returning, Zapata has scored goals, but uh, even if he wasn't scoring doubles or hat-tricks, at least... Uh, Gasparini could trust other players to come up with something spectacular. And they were doing that. In this game, it didn't matter how quickly they were moving the ball or wherever they were shooting from, they would either just miss the target, um, shots would get blocked, or even Sheshny uh, would make a couple saves. Then there were times when the woodwork was also the worst enemy. So sometimes... The uh, games that luck is just not on your side, and it's not easy to just break it down in uh, um, footballing terms.
1: The um, things got a bit more serious at the end because Savlaovich so didn't start this game, even though he scored in the last one. Um, he was left on the bench for for Milik here, and he came on in in the ninety eighth minute um, on the breakaway. He, he scored the clincher there's a very 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 good finish as well um and he was he looked extremely angry during his celebrations um i initially just thought that that was you know he's he's not had a good season he's not had a good time so just to score in bats back games it, it, to, to me it looked like a you know i'm here i'm good kind of celebration but um actually what it was is that he was getting racially abused by the Atalanta for the entire time that he was on the pitch. Um, So, for anyone who isn't aware, Vlaovic is Serbian. What he was getting called was essentially calling him a gypsy, because that's what a lot of people think of that part of Europe. Um, And, you know, his, his, his celebration wasn't normal. It was very much one that was in reaction to to that abuse from the stands Um, after the game Atalanta coach Gasparini didn't really say many clever things Um, as Gabriele Marcotti said on Twitter what Gasparini said was let's not confuse racism with insults because I think it's one that so, some people can't grasp the idea that it's racism they think that calling somebody a gypsy is something different is some sort of lesser insult. Um, I mean, it's it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not something that should be happening in some of that has happened a lot. It's something that's followed Blavich around the league. Um, and uh, something else that Gasparini apparently said to Sky Sport Italia is that he said, I condemn the chance, but I also have to point out that Atalanta have got Pasolich, Jim City and others who are of that ethnicity while we had players in the past like Ilicic and Shutova, which again isn't helpful because you know Allegri's not going to turn around and say Juve players Juve fans didn't insult Lukaku we've got Samuel Illing Jr. Like it, That that just doesn't equate that makes no sense and Kev, we're basically in a position where it's happening again it, it's you know this is happening again
0: Yeah like, like you said earlier we don't want to get into a Discussion over or making, you know, explaining why these things are wrong, why there's differences. Um, Making comments like have been made, um, trying to separate the difference out is just ignorance. Um, And then the other aspect of this, which is the, um, you know, well, we've also got players in that part of the world. Again, it's just just ignorance. I think for me... um, the sad thing is how quickly they turn to these insults so if i if I put that statement in in some sort of context, he comes on for milik you know midway through the game he's not an Atalanta you know former Atalanta player. there's no real history there between the Atalanta fans, so there's no there's no no sort of growing animosity towards him whether that's over a number of years or over 90 minutes. He hasn't, oddly enough, Milik, while he was on the pitch, put in some terrible challenges and seemed to be trying to rile everybody up. But, you know, Vlaovic has come on. He's He's gone down very, very softly for a foul that got uh, Joachim Myler booked and he'll miss the next game. And that seemed to sort of start this off because that, that was literally it. That was the flashpoint which led to him receiving abuse from the Atalanta fans which was immediately this sort of this, this repeated gypsy chanting. And it's like, you know, it doesn't even start with booze and whistles or something else. You know, there's, 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 there's lots of, lots of emotions you can go for before you turn to, you know, racial abuse, you know, abusing some, somebody for this sort of, you know, this personal sort of level of insult. So I think that's, that was really, you know, disgusting, I suppose, is a, you know, is a, you know, a word I'd I'd happily use because, you know, you saw you saw that the the Atalanta players quickly realised the severity. You know, the referee was asking people to calm down. raffa Taloi was sort of walking towards the, um, you know, where the stronghold of the Atalanta support are are, are stood, and, and gesturing for them to sort of uh, quieten down and stop the chanting. You know, that, that was within you know seconds of of get getting, getting booked. So it was, you know, it was, it was a horrible. Incident that we don't want to see, but the speed at which they got there really does tell you that these things, you know, these things still haven't changed in in Italy at the moment. And I say it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a game played in played in particularly, you know, bad spirits. um Bad spirits. That sounds like a sort of a ghost analogy or something. But but you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a game sort of fraught with tension and sort of. Violent challenges or anything. So the the way that it escalated so quickly. I know they obviously were chasing the game, and it was it was around the eighty eighth minute mark. I think that, that that challenge came about, but you know for it to go that quickly to sort of that sort of insults was just yeah terrible.
1: There's um there's a bit of pressure on Atalanta to act now as well because obviously the Delacqua thing with they was. um yeah, a very big one, and they managed a ban to ban two supporters straight away, and then eventually another 171 with sort of further investigation. Um, so every yeah, th- there is a way to do that. Um, whether it happens or not, we'll, we'll find out in the coming days. Um, it may well. It also may well not. Vita
2: I'm quite pessimistic about this kind of stuff, especially where Italy is concerned because I feel that, you know, this sort of stuff's been going on for years and I feel like that um, this is where Italians can be stuck in their own uh, bubble. I think with us in the sphere, if you like, uh, we have more multicultural societies and because we also are exposed to foreign influences, we're sort of aware of how people act, how they look and are the factors, whereas uh, I think for all the tourism Italy gets and how many foreigners play in Italian football, it, I think a lot of antiquated mindsets still exist. So Gasparini trying to justify those chants, I think that's uh, an example of uh, you know how Italy, and this is not just a northern thing. Uh, I think just Italy in general just has this issue. Um, you can blame gamesmanship, or try to use it as Psychological warfare, but uh, there are other ways to go about it, as uh, you guys pointed out. You don't need to pull out the race card. And uh, I think in a nation like Italy, you had, you had people trying to enable the behavior of territorial discrimination, you know, northerners discriminating against southerners. And then you've got this stuff, you know, whether it's skin color or because they belong to a particular group of people or ethnic group you want to put them down because of that uh, i think it you know since it's so repetitive you just wonder what's gonna make them change their mindset or broaden their horizons but uh, at this stage i don't see how even the younger generations can sort of open their eyes and realize you know that these kind of things aren't right you know if you want to put off opposition plays just go about it in a different way you know you don't have to uh, make it about the race or anything like that.
0: Well, there's an argument for just getting behind your own team. <laughs> you know, that, that was just <laughs> a foul they conceded. You know, there was no need to to single out the person that was fouled. Um, but, yeah.
1: Which kind of suggests that, you know, from the moment he came on the pitch, it, you know, that that was clearly in the mind mm. of a lot of people because if, if that's all it can say. Um, in happier scenes for certain people um napoli got to do their home game as champions you know all, all of the maneuvering eventually they they have now played a game as champions at the maradona and I mean, i i did this one for tellhaven and me dot com and it i mean on the pitch it was a bit of a non event um Osman missed a penalty then scored one um, and Napoli won. Well done. Fiorentina were pretty decent. They put you know a decent fist of things, but the noise in the crowd was, was that was really what mattered. It, it very much looked and sounded like the Salernitana game up, up up to the Idea goal. Um, you know, they, they the, the the party has not stopped since Thursday night, obviously, and you could just hear. The blaring of horns throughout the entire game, and what I quite enjoyed was that when Ozil missed the first penalty, the the noise level and the blaring of the horns just remained exactly the same. It was like no no one really cared <laughs> that you missed the penalty because it it just doesn't matter at all. And it was all quite pleasant.
0: They probably weren't even watching what was going on on the pitch. You know, you are there. You're no, there that, for that's a party. What it felt
1: like. Yeah. It was more just sort of. To be there and be amongst people, and obviously. That you know there was a big sort of chorus just before the final whistle, and they were all waving flags and stuff, and it was all very lovely. And it kind of felt like they, I say, got to do it all over again. But like I say, that 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 party won't have stopped for many people. It's it's merely giving it a fresh uh, breath of breath of life. Does that work?
0: Um, maybe lease of
1: life. Yeah, yes, lease of life. That certainly is a phrase, but I don't know. It's, if it's the, the right phrase, I yeah, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe it is the one I want to yeah. do. Two to, two, right, we'll go two to one <laughs> It's lease of life. Where you, yeah. Um. yeah, majority rules. It's given it a new lease of life. Um, from there, all the way to the bottom, because Cremonese beat Spezia 2-0. We're going to combine two games here because they're linked. Um, Cremonese beat Spezia 2-0 and Lecce lost one nil at home to Verona things have changed because Verona are no longer in the bottom three. They have been for, I've been intrigued to know actually, but if I very possibly the entire season, um, you know, certainly barring maybe a couple of match days, um, they're out at the bottom three, not only are they out of it, they're actually three points clear of Spezia who have now been dumped in there. Um, Criminals are picking up the odd win every now and then. So they're on 24. Spezia on 27. And then Verona on 30. Lecce on 31. I'm not going to go any higher than that, because I think all the teams above them have got a game in hand over them as well. I think they're all fine. Um, it's it it's those four trying not to be in two spots. I'm, I'm very sorry, Vito, but I, I am ignoring Samp in this situation. Um you're, you're nodding your head, I think. <laughs> you know He's t- trying to ignore Sam as well in this circumstance. <laughs> go. Word good has gone. I've Some, accepted uh,
0: Something else happened yeah. in January this weekend, did it not? I'm sorry, I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, did. we'll, we'll, we'll get Vito's thoughts on that in, at the end. He, he can have 10 seconds to to <laughs> say how he feels about that. Um, but yeah, Verona are out of it. For at least the time being. It's Spezia who are now the ones who um they just cannot win. They can't they they beat Inter on the tenth of March. And I'm just double checking. That is the last time they won. So they're getting on to two months now without a win. There's been a, a handful of you know, slightly more than average amount of draws in there. Um but, you know, they are just devoid of confidence. Let let's say all be kicking themselves because they Probably could have gone safe with a win tonight, um, or tonight as we record, but they did not. Um, Kev, who are you fearing for the most in there now? Spezia. Um, I, I, to be honest, I think
0: I think Cremenezzi. I see it really difficult for them. You know they they picked up the odd win in the last few games, but you know they that that was still one win in the last four. You know they're six points behind Verona. They would need to to win two of their last two games and and Verona not to pick up any points. So it, it almost feels that while they've they've had a little bit of uh, a recovery, there's there's too much of a gap to make up within four games. But for Spezia then to sort of fight this out with Verona, they've got to go to Roma on the last day. They've got Lecce away. I know they've lost this uh, this weekend to Verona, but that's. You know that's still kind of a it will be a relegation battle because it's in two weeks after Spezia host Milan um, next weekend. So it, it feels because they're devoid of confidence and they're 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 in terrible run of form. It feels like Spezia aren't going to pick up enough points to to chase down Verona now and then the bottom three that we've got now. Not to you know take some excitement away from the final weeks does feel like it's 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 going to be what we're gonna we're going to be left with on the final weekend.
1: Yeah, I was just doing some quick maths. Vito, um, would I be right in saying that if Samp lose on Monday night, then they're done? Because they're 13 behind Verona, who are the, the bottom safe team, um, but with a game in hand. So if they lose that, they stay 13. There's only 12 points left to play for. I believe that yep. maths is correct. <laughs> yeah,
2: so, yeah, if Udinese the wins, then Samp have confirmed relegation.
1: Blimey. Well, we'd get our second confirmed thing of the season after Napoli, obviously. Um, do, do you want your 10 seconds on, General? or would you rather not have it? I don't want to force you. <laughs> I'll
2: just say this. Uh, General might be celebrating the return to Serie A, but because Schadenfreude is uh, very popular on that side of the city... They'll be celebrating Sump's relegation a lot harder and if Sump go bankrupt, they'll have an even bigger party because their obsession with the B- blue cerchiati is greater than their love for their own club.
0: Says <laughs> <laughs> so a Sampdoria do, fan, do everybody. I do think it's good to have the Marassi back in Syria. I know that's kind of a yeah, it's somewhat empty thing to say, but you know, it's one of the it's one of the real Iconic stadiums uh, of Italian football, and so I think it is good to have top flight football there. And I'll give you for the tourism yeah. in the city because I mean that's you know coming from a coming from somewhere, and you know you and you live there now where you've got um, you know clubs in the top flight, and you see the tourism that it brings into the city. I think losing two, you know, would be would be terrible for the city of Genoa.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I've obviously... seen ideally you'd have both because then obviously you get the derby with it as well um, and it is a shame that they're going to pass each other and that derby will be gone again for at least one year um, but yeah it's better one than none um, I mean I'm sure Vito doesn't agree yeah. in that sense because he, he'd be the none and that's fair enough but generally speaking um, I believe that brings us to the end unless anyone has got anything else that they would like to say Nope. Two shaking heads. <laughs> um, over the week on our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Total Italian Football, um, we will have the women's podcast with Connor and I. We will have a EuroPod for the Champions League between Inter and Milan. I, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I almost keep forgetting that that's coming up. And then when I remember, I'm like, oh, my God, that's, <laughs> that's like the best thing ever. Um, so yeah, that is on I want to say Wednesday night. So I'm going to nod at me. What, Milan
0: me <laughs> Inter? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Wednesday night. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's correct. Um, and then we will have a preview show later in the week. What have we got coming up on that weekend? We've got Inter Lecce, sorry, uh, Lazio yeah. Lecce. <laughs> um, it's it's not a thriller, I'll be honest. As I glance through Bologna Roma, um, yeah, I think we'll we'll ignore that. We presumably. can we I'll we, we, we can save our excitement <laughs> for the
0: preview show. Give us time to yeah, get excited so. about it.
1: Yeah. I've just done half of it. there. So, <laughs> um, so yes, uh, go and go go and be on Patreons to two euro, five euro, ten euro tiers, um, and you get. A lot of stuff for that amount of money. Go to totalitalyfootball.com to read about all the games. We'll have uh, play of the week and team of the week going up there soonish, along with other stuff during the week. That is all from us. Say goodbye, Vito. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Kevin.
0: Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye.